Welcome to the Dildorks Dorky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and sometimes my spouse performs services for me that involve buying me pretty things. Who are you, friend? I love that. <laughs> I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a porn maker, and service is like easily probably one of my biggest kinks. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to talk about it today. Yep. We love to talk about service. Never get yeah. tired of it. <laughs> yeah. And we've definitely like mentioned it in a great many episodes, but I think it has been a minute since we've spent like a dedicated hour or so talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to do that today. And I kind of wanted to start things by talking about like fantasies around service, um, particularly the ones we may have had, because I know uh, I personally have been into this long before I was able to like explicitly play with it in my relationships. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's true of you as well. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear like kind of what your fantasies of service have looked like kind of in the past and what the what your fantasies of it look like now. And we'll get kind of into what reality looks like in a bit. Mm. Yeah, I think my longest running service-related fantasies are teacher-student things mm. where kind of the service mm-hmm. being done is like, I'm going to impress you with my intelligence. Um, and you can kind of look at service as like running both ways in that kind of dynamic as with like a lot of these things I think um but yeah that's like always been around for me and I think like a huge part of why I had crushes on so many teachers and professors was like this strong impulse of wanting to impress them and then that feeling like inherently erotic to me in a way Mm -hmm. that like I didn't understand at the time um Mm -hmm. yeah what about you yeah I'll (sighs) It's funny because I know so much about, like, all of your teacher-student stuff, and I would not have necessarily categorized that in service right away until I heard you talk about it in that way, but that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, probably some of my most prevalent service-based fantasies are around sexual service, are around Mm -hmm. um, being used or being, um, you know, objectified, being some kind of fuck toy, um, being, like... Or even around, like, I get servicey feels around doing custom stuff for porn um, Mm -hmm. because I am, like, kind of becoming a fantasy or being able to, like, really read and understand what someone wants and create something for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a lot of my fantasies uh, tend to be around sexual service, which is interesting because it's different from... Uh, how I tend to manifest it, but I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I think the only thing outside of sexual service is, and even this is adjacent to it, um, but just the idea of being able to be present as entertainment for someone. Mm-hmm. So that might be sexual, um, but that also might just be like laying around looking pretty um, or you know, making sure they have what they need to be effective at whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. whether that is actual tools to do the job or someone cute to distract them with their mouth or, you know, whatever <laughs> that looks like. Um, 
But even that, again, tends to tip into sexual service. I guess what we're learning is I'm a pervert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I really like sexual service fantasies as well. I have a lot of fantasies that are, like, related to sex work, I think, for that reason. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually one that I've been thinking about a lot for the past, like, year or two, just, like, when I'm jerking off or whatever, is um, if I was, like, being fucked by, like, a... I want to say like the guy from Beauty and the Beast, but what I really mean is just like a fancy, <laughs> a fancy rich man who who is not very nice. And um, I I love that <laughs> the Beast is your archetype for that, like a fancy man <laughs> who lives in a mansion. Um, huh? And sure. and he's fucking me, and he knows that uh, clitoral stimulation will make my cunt feel better. And so he like hires an additional person whose job it is to like go down on me whenever we have sex. And like, I I don't Yeah. I don't know why this fantasy like keeps returning to me again and again. I think that part of it is like, I am drawn to like that sex work dynamic of like, this person's really good at this thing and that's what they're here to do. But also like, Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of like a cuckolding thing there. I don't know. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on. It's a rich text. <laughs> yeah, I really love the like I have a lot of feelings around being made to come simply because it makes my holes feel better and more interesting for the person mm-hmm. fucking them. Yep. Like which is tied into a lot of that objectification feelings but also around like you know, a which is not not adjacent to like servicey feelings and things like that, because mm-hmm. um, I think kind of the core of that can be that like ah my orgasm is being recontextualized as service for this other person, which is neat and hot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> can you talk a little bit about what service looks like for you in practice in your relationship? So earlier you mentioned. Um, that your partner serves you and I know they're typically dominant. So I'm curious if we could talk first about how like from the submissive side of the slash you serve them and then we'll talk about it kind of the other way around afterwards. Mm. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things about like long-term DS between switchy people is like, there can Mm -hmm. be a sense of like, I don't even know what service for who anymore. Like, Mm, it mm -hmm. feels like a lot of these things are services that we do for each other and also for ourselves and also just like for the relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to pry it apart. Um, But well, then you can just talk broadly about like what role does service play in your relationship right now? Yeah. What does that look like? Um, yeah. So a lot of times when I've done service in my relationship, it's been in the form of a writing assignment. Um, mm. Like in the past, Matt has assigned me tasks to like research certain things that they wanted to know more about um, mm. categories of items or, uh, you know, things that we could do together. Um basically anything that they just like didn't really want to research or that they thought I would have more fun researching it. Um, And also, I mean, I think it's interesting like being in a long distance dynamic because like we have very different service that we do for each other in person versus um, from a distance. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when we're staying together, one of the things we decided to do is that like I 
do the meal planning and then Matt cooks everything. I do the meal planning and then like mise en place and then Matt cooks everything. And then that's mm. kind of a way of like splitting up what we both are like good at and don't mind doing. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, when we used to stay in hotels and stuff, sometimes they would like send me out to go pick up ice and cute stuff like that um, <laughs> so that they could then make me cocktails, which is like also a form of service. So we're just like <laughs> building different forms of service on each other. Yeah, I love the way that so much of what you talked about kind of weaves into just your day-to-day life and the things that you need to do anyway or are going to do anyway in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious if you could talk about how those services, like those practices kind of came about. Um, Were they like, I don't know, designed real, like, did a lot of thought go into designing them or did they more come out of just the ways that you were doing things and you decided to put this kinky context around them? I think that when you have a conversation with someone where you communicate, like I like being useful. Like I like being given instructions and and knowing what to do and knowing how to make you happy. I think that that just like really unlocks a lot of different things um, to think about. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, And in a way, I think it's much healthier than in vanilla relationships where sometimes you hear about people having like expectations of services that their other that their partner is supposed to do for them. But these are like not spoken or communicated um, Mm. or at Mm. least not in enough detail or like like sometimes it's just that they're not being adequately rewarded or or, like praised for doing the the things that they're doing. And I think DS gives a really nice framework for all of that. Mm-hmm. But basically, like, once I communicated to Matt early on in our relationship that, like, I really enjoy the feeling of being useful and being a good girl, and we kind of, like, identified some areas where I'm less comfy with that. Um, like, I don't like being bossed around in my career because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's just – I got to make my own decisions there. But um, yeah. but I think, like, as soon as I told them that, that that just kind of opened up in their mind, like, all the options in terms of, like, every time they came across something that they thought that – they didn't really want to do that I could do better than they could outsource it to me. Um, or mm-hmm. even if it was just a thing that they knew that I would really knock out of the park um, and that would give me that good girl feeling uh, is a nice thing to assign for a service. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And so you mentioned you've been talking about how much you enjoy this since early, uh, from early on. Have you been res- like, thinking about the things they do for you as service since early on in your relationship as well? Or is that something that kind of came about later? Um, I think in the context of like a DDLG or like caregiver little type relationship, there's sort of a fine line between caretaking and service where it's like, Mm -hmm. well, is it service for me if like, I was out partying with my friends and got home super drunk and my partner guided me through the process over the phone of like drinking water and and like <laughs> taking painkillers. Like, mm-hmm. is that service? Is that caretaking? Can they be the same thing? Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember that we also had a lot of conversations early in our relationship where I was like, are you sure that you like doing that stuff? Like, because to me, that stuff would be exhausting if I was doing that mm-hmm. stuff for someone else. It's not my style of dominance. I don't have it in me. Um, but they, they were just like, yeah, it makes me feel so, uh, in control and competent and, Mm -hmm. um, able to be a good partner. Like these are really good feelings and we've created this 
cute little container to feel them in. That makes a lot of sense. And I think you talked, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I'd love to hear a little more about what you get out of that, like good girl feeling or what you enjoy out of providing good service for your partner. Oh, we, we're going to get into some deep shit though. Um, <laughs> Cause okay. How galaxy brain do I want to go on this? I mean, there's a lot of discourse about like, do kinks come from trauma? Right. And I don't think mm-hmm. that they do obviously they don't in all cases i do think that traumas can have an influence on how certain kinks manifest that's certainly been true Mm -hmm. for me and one of the things with me is like because i have trauma related to like being yelled at as a child and chastised and punished um Mm -hmm. i hate all of that in kink do not like it and also just kind of go through all my relationships with a sometimes almost constant sense of like Either I'm in trouble or I'm, like, about to get in trouble um, Mm -hmm. with this person somehow. And so if we can create a container where I get to be told explicitly, like, you are not in trouble. And, in fact, you did exactly what I asked of you. You did so well. Like, it reminds me of being in school where that was one of my first encounters with that feeling as well was, like, being in school and being praised for, like, doing the assignment properly like the parameters Mm. were really clear it was not like the situations in my trauma where like I broke a rule I didn't even know was a rule and now I'm being yelled at um Mm. it was just really really clear so there's a sense of like calm and relaxation about that for me where like if I'm a good girl I can kind of just like hang up those stressful thoughts for a bit and like focus more on pleasure and fun and like being in the moment um Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess that this is why I have good girl tattooed on my thighs. <laughs> no, I think I, that makes a lot of sense, and I related to a lot of what you were saying in that, because, like, I definitely I definitely find comfort in the uh, explicit instructions that tend to come with service-based tasks. Mm-hmm. Often it's very clear what is expected of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually pretty clear that there is going to be some sort of reward at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a person who has been undiagnosed with ADHD most of my life and is probably somewhere on the autism spectrum, let's be honest, (laughs) the world has not been so great with the clear expectations for (laughs) me and predictable rewards. Like Mm -hmm. that's not so much a thing I've encountered in adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to have like a little playground where that is – fairly guaranteed because I, I, I built the playground and I put it there. <laughs> That's really comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, it also just allows me to kind of create my own little dopamine machines when yes, the world is not exactly. giving me that. <laughs> yes. like, like there's not enough dopamine in the world. Let me create a game that I can win and then feel really great about winning because someone really cute is going to be like, hey, you won. Good job. And I'll be like, wow, <laughs> I did. That totally wasn't the plan. Look That's, at me go. That is such a great point. And I, I totally agree with you. It is. It literally 
really is like free dopamine because like you've built it into a relationship that already exists in your life, like just this Mm -hmm. generation machine for dopamine. And it also reminds me of a lot of the quintessential advice for couples who are finding that things are getting a little stale is like do exciting things together or do fun things together. And a lot of that is about like changing your neurochemistry while you're around each other. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, when I get that good girl dopamine rush around my partner, I do think that makes me feel like, uh, you know, a renewed sense of like attraction and love a little bit every time that that happens. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like it fuels the relationships functioning more generally. And it also just infuses an extra layer of excitement and interest and like kink and maybe sexiness, depending, you know, your relationship Mm -hmm. to these things or whatever into something like preparing dinner together that night. Yep. Right? Which is just, I don't know, fun. Why wouldn't you want to also have a little of that? <laughs> yeah. What is service looking like in your relationship these days? Oh, I am, right now, most of the service I get to do is from the top side of the slash, which is not a thing I have done. Um, I mean, it is a thing I've been doing for like two years or so, but it is not a thing I have done uh, in the past. So I've really had to learn to receive service in a way that I haven't been super used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely give service as well in my relationship in like helping to manage things in even just like in our days together, helping, you know, give a little bit of direction to things and um, helping to... Uh, you know, provide resource and direction for our kink dynamic and that sort of thing. Um, But a huge part of my relationship to service now is in receiving it, which has been a unique hurdle for me as a person who is fairly independent and likes to do the things. Um, (laughs) But it has really allowed me to feel comfortable in asking specifically for the things that I need in exactly the way that I need because I know as someone who likes to provide service as a bottom that is what I like to get is very you know explicit direct instruction and um precise and thoughtful gratitude Mm -hmm. so it has been a fun adventure learning how to practice those things from mm-hmm. the top side of the slash because those are also valuable skills for me to have just out in the world. And I have definitely noticed myself getting better at feeling more comfortable asking specifically and exactly for what I need, not just vaguely for what would be nice and right. hoping that you land around the vicinity of what I'd love. Yeah, that's such an interesting point about the skills being transferable more broadly. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think the main thing that I've taken away from Service Cake that I use in my everyday life is the piece about feedback and gratitude Mm -hmm. Um, where, like, you know, if someone buys me a gift, like, I used to maybe go, oh, thanks, that's great, that's so nice, right? But, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like these days I'm more inclined to maybe comment specifically on, like, why was this a good choice for me? What do I appreciate Mm -hmm. specifically about this choice? Was it thoughtful? Did you remember something that I said earlier? Did you pay attention to my interests? Like, you know, I think I'm just a bit more specific when I tell people what I appreciate. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's also partly from learning from kink that the more that you do that, the more you get 
like people will tend to repeat those behaviors that you specifically mm-hmm. uh, call out like that in a positive way um, because that's just how brains work. They want that dopamine rush again, I guess. Right. And you have made explicit something that they may not have even necessarily done on purpose, right? They can look at a thing and be like, oh, well, this makes me think of Kate. I'm going to get it. And, you know, you, you know, open the package and you're like, oh, it's my colors. And they're like, it is her color, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. you, you are calling out the specific, the thing that stood out to you mm-hmm. and in turn making that the thing that stands out to them. That's the thing that they're going to remember about that moment. And it can become key to the things they know about you. So I think that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. I think I also, I mean, we've talked about this before, but in hearing that, uh, like kind of specificity and gratitude, I don't know, it, it makes the gratitude land more mm-hmm. uh, solidly, I guess, or yep. b- believably. Not that I think you're lying, but <laughs> yeah, um, it it just feels more true, or it's you know, yeah, um, because it feels really well thought out, and it feels like oh, I I did do a thing, I did something that stood out in a very particular way, and that feels really nice as a person, you know, hearing that. Yeah, sometimes at the end of a workday, my partner will text me, like, you did really well today. Um, and I have noticed that it it does seem to hit differently for me if they say, you did really well today, you finished these tasks and you made time for rest and, you know, specific things mm-hmm. that I did well. Because um, then I can be like, oh, yeah, I did. That's awesome. Right, exactly. Hey folks, this week's episode of The Dildworks is sponsored by John Simons, who is a life and mindset coach. Their focus is on gender, sexual, and romantic minorities, which includes the entire LGBTQ plus umbrella, people who are ethically non-monogamous, people who are kinky, and other quote-unquote alternative lifestyles. They aim to help people with the internal and external forces that can cause obstacles and difficulties in their life. And they are doing video sessions, so they can work with people from all over the world. Um, John understands that people living outside of societal norms might be impacted financially by that, and so they offer lower costs compared to lots of other coaches. And you can check out their coaching at gsrmcoaching.com. It stands for Gender Sexual Romantic Minorities. Again, that is gsrmcoaching.com. Click contact and fill out the form for a free 15 to 20 minute phone consult. Thanks. So we've talked a lot about um, the things we appreciate in like asking for good service from our dominance. I'm curious... um, if you could speak a little bit to what uh, in your mind makes really excellent service stand out. Like if someone wants to be a really good at providing really fantastic service to the people in their lives, what does that look like? Hmm. I think in my mind, I prefer when 
people offer specific things that they would like to do for me that mm. they have observed or have guessed will make my life easier or better. I, and I prefer that over generally over people just going ahead and doing the thing. Um, mm. Cause you know, I think a lot of kinksters like kind of fetishize this idea of like being in a DS dynamic where you know each other so well that you can like always bring them what they need or do what they need for them. Like at the exact moment mm -hmm. that they need it. And like, I'm sure that those people do exist, but like, in my experience, you can know someone really, really fucking well and you're still not in their head and you still don't know like exactly what they need. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, sometimes my partner will be like, you seem stressed and like it would be a good night to like send you a meal so that you don't have to worry about cooking. Would you like Chinese, Mexican or Greek or whatever? Um, mm -hmm. And that's just super nice uh, for me because um, also then I don't feel the anxiety that, and vulnerability that can come sometimes with like having to ask for what you want. <laughs> Although like mm -hmm. I should work those muscles too. Um, and uh, I also appreciate like from both sides of the slash from all sides of service, I appreciate like clear instructions, clear parameters, and then like following those parameters. Um, mm -hmm. Like if I give someone a directive, as a dominant, like generally if I'm being specific about something, it's because like it matters mm -hmm. uh, that you do it that specific way. So yeah. What about you? That makes a lot of sense. I like, yeah, I like the way you talked about how anticipatory service doesn't necessarily work for everyone. Um, I find, and so one of the things I was thinking about talking about is the way that, um, I find it really impressive when uh, someone providing service very clearly knows the person they're providing service to particularly well or has done um, mm -hmm. uh, put particular effort into learning about and understanding that person. Mm -hmm. um, but I like the example you gave in that uh, your partner can say, hey, tonight seems like a night where this would be good which option would you like, right? Because yep. they are still reading the room and knowing you well enough to recognize now is the time to offer this thing mm -hmm. and giving you clear, specific things to choose from. They've done all the work for you. Mm -hmm. And it that is different from making the food appear at your door, which right. wouldn't work well for me simply because my brain can't be surprised by food, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and, you know, people who serve me know that about me. Yeah. Um, except ice cream. I can always be surprised by ice cream. <laughs> ice cream is always a pleasant surprise. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think I find it particularly impressive when someone has clearly remembered something from a previous conversation or put effort into um, – thinking about the way that they can serve me in times when I'm not directly in front of them. Mm -hmm. um, I also really appreciate thoughtful questions about mm -hmm. the tasks I'm giving someone mm -hmm. um, because, like I was just saying, it kind of speaks to the idea that they are thinking on their own about how they can do this. Mm -hmm. um, like I have, you know – I might give someone a task and say, hey, I need this done. This is how I would do it. Go. Yeah. And they might come to me and say, I think it might go faster if I do it this other way. Right? Um, 
And it's helpful, you know, or have you ever considered doing it this way, right? And it's helpful to me that they are uh, thinking about and, like, putting mental energy, I suppose, into doing a better job for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to say, too, that, like, asking clarifying questions about a service task is not necessarily the same thing as topping from the bottom. I hate when people Mm -hmm. say that. Because, like, if I'm questioning the task that someone has assigned me, like, yeah, it might be because I have an issue with it. But, like, it's probably just because I want to make sure I understand what's going on and why we're doing it the way that we're doing it, you Mm -hmm. know. And, like, it's always fine to ask questions, I think. Right. And I don't know. To me, it shows that you're engaged in the process, Mm -hmm. that you're, you know, that you're not just there to receive instruction i suppose yeah um that you are like someone that's going to be engaged in like making whatever we're trying to make happen whether it's dinner or you know the scene that we're creating or whatever yeah also on the topic of remembering things about people their preferences Mm -hmm. whatever um i know we have a lot of neurodivergent um listeners and i feel like a lot of my neurodivergent friends have said that it helps them to like keep some kind of actual record of this um Mm, mm -hmm. i do not have the kind of brain that can like cling on to this kind of stuff either like i i um you know sometimes i will like occasionally something will stick in my mind but like i just really don't trust myself anymore so i have like you know an ongoing file of gift ideas for different people just like whenever something occurs to me or whenever they say something that they might like or um Mm -hmm. my spouse keeps like very detailed notes on all of their closest people with like all the information that you would need to know including sometimes like clothing sizes and whatever Mm -hmm. it's just really great to have that stuff when you need it yeah i definitely uh have heard of a great many submissives having little books of their partner's preferences around things Um, Also speaking to neurodivergent folks, um, if you are serving someone who is, um, I have always found it like, I get a particular kind of servicey feels when my partner is able to like, understand when my brain is working a particular, not working at its best and knows what it needs, Mm -hmm. um, or even just the particular quirks of my brain. and I know they similarly, like, they're, they're, I have sensory feelings around touch stuff. They have stuff around um, sounds. Um, particularly, they hate, like, mouth sounds around chewing. And, mm-hmm. like, the fact that, like, we, I will get a big bowl of spaghetti and the first thing I do is, so, like, what are we listening to before I eat any <laughs> of this? Should I put some music on or are we watching a show, right? Yeah. Um, and simple things like that, I know I have gotten they like – servicey look from them um by like remembering things not to like pat myself on the back was the first (laughs) example i came up with um but just noticing and remembering the little accommodations that your neurodivergent partners have to make for themselves to move around the world Mm -hmm. and being able to provide those for them can sometimes also like i don't know be like particularly loving and servicey yeah. I think if your partner, uh, if you notice at one point that they are like having a rough time or not not seeming to have what they want or need, 
Um, it can often be good to ask them like the following day, like once they've mm-hmm. calmed down a little bit or they've kind of moved out of that headspace, like uh, was what I did okay? Like, was there anything else that would have helped? Like my partner asks me this a lot when I've had like a really bad like depression or anxiety night or I've been triggered or something like the following day they'll often ask me like was there anything else that that would have helped and at that point usually I am able to like think back and be like oh yeah like it would have been nice to like have a glass of cold water or like stand by the window whatever Mm -hmm. um and then once you've done that a few times a lot of people like pretty reliably crave or need or want the same things under the same circumstances pretty much so Mm -hmm. you can refer to that time and time again in many cases yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned we're going to take kind of a sharp turn here because there are no good segues into either of my last two questions. Uh, the last one's about blowjobs, and that's a sharp turn. So we're going to go to long distance relationships. Uh, earlier, you mentioned yeah. that um, your that service looks somewhat different in your relationships whether when you're together versus when you're apart can you give any tips for incorporating service into long distance relationships that people might have right now um yeah i think there's a lot of things that you can do online research mm-hmm. tasks are a great example um, yeah i love research tasks for this whether it's you're presenting me with a bunch of information or you're teaching me about a thing that i need to know mm-hmm. yeah like if i you know if i was a dominant and i was gonna like move house like there's a lot of things that mm-hmm. i might not want to do so i might you know assign a submissive to like research moving companies that can handle you know, musical instruments or whatever, Um, Mm -hmm. a whole list of things. I also think that long distance DS dynamics are a great place to do like assigning self-care as service. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's been something that I've done with my partner, like when I'm on the more dominant side of things, as well as the more submissive side of things, is just like, not everybody is good at remembering to take care of themselves. So like maybe the task you're going to assign someone is something that they would never, you know, feel able to do for themselves. Like they would feel guilty or they would feel like they didn't have enough time or whatever. So maybe you're going to tell them to have a bath uh, or, you know, paint their nails or whatever is going to make them feel better. Um, Mm. And you can usually like do some kind of photographic evidence of that, which is nice to have for service and long distance dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is that uh, my partner and I developed um, some protocols that are meant to help me manage some of the worst symptoms of my depression. Um, Mm. So one of them is I have to send a photo every week of my room having been freshly cleaned. Um, Mm. And another is that every time I take a shower or have a bath, I have to send a nude afterward uh, with Mm. the shower emoji to be like, not only to... (laughs) To say, hey, I bathed. I actually, I'm a depressed person who actually bathed. Hooray, I did it. Um, but also because it's a nice service for them to have a nude every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's delightful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What about and you? Because your dynamic was long distance and now it's not anymore. What was that yeah. difference like? Yeah. It's been, it's been nice to be able to incorporate more like household stuff into our service. Um mm-hmm. Although there is always the challenge of, like, keeping it feeling like service and not just, like, the things that we do. Right. Um, I, uh, 
when we were long distance, we definitely did a lot of research tasks. They um, would either, you know, shop online for things that I wanted to buy, but didn't really feel like looking through all of the options for. So they, I would give them parameters and they would give me a list, list of options that I could select from. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've researched and taught me about a couple of things. I also, something I thought about early in our relationship uh, that hadn't occurred to me as service prior to that um, was this idea of uh, kind of, I think of like, you know, high-end courtesan kind of characters in like fantasy and sci-fi stuff where they are expected to learn a lot or know about a particular topic simply so they can have interesting conversation about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I found myself wanting to hear my partner's opinions on certain shows or pieces of other media that I like really enjoyed. And I was like, I actually have no idea if you're going to like this or not, but you're going to have clever things to say about it. So I need you to watch four seasons. Sorry. Um, And most of the shows they did deeply enjoy. And at this point in our relationship, I look back, I'm like, yeah, that checks out. Um, But like, the first show I did this with was Battlestar, and I was like, you know, Battlestar Galactica has a lot of heavy shit to just sign someone up for. However, they're going to have some really clever opinions, and I need to hear them. So <laughs> I guess we're watching this together now, and you're go, and then you get like the fun emotional masochism of watching someone watch Battlestar Galactica for the first time, <laughs> which is also fun. <laughs> um... But yeah, that was something that I hadn't really occurred to me before our relationship that I, I enjoyed. Yeah, that's so cute. Yeah. Um, I want to back uh, up a second because you said something about um, how doing work around the house can sometimes just start to feel like regular house chores. And we did get a listener question about mm-hmm. that, um, mm-hmm. which was for someone who was saying that if they are not like involved directly in the housework that they assign to their submissive that um for the submissive it starts to feel just like regular house chores and like Mm -hmm. the main thing that came to mind for me for this is like put some kind of sexual or like sexy condition on the housework whether it's like you do it naked you do it in high heels you do it with lingerie on you do it with a a vibrating butt plug-in um Mm -hmm. you do it uh (laughs) with your legs bound together i don't know what the fuck um (laughs) I feel like there's a lot you can do there and it keeps your mind in that sexy headspace while you're doing the thing so that you're not just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm washing the dishes again. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think definitely having something like explicitly kinky that they are wearing or that is happening to them while they're doing it can be really, really helpful. Um, I think if it is about presence, I my partner and I both have like surveillance feelings um Mm. so i would find it really hot to have a camera there so that like maybe your partner is watching maybe they aren't all the time maybe they aren't always available here to be available for that but like maybe they're watching Mm -hmm. um and just knowing that at any point they could be seeing me doing this would give me a lot of the hot tingly feelings that i'm uh shooting for Mm -hmm. um i would also explore ways in which your partner can even if they can't be present while the task is happening uh you can have a moment of connection afterwards 
and or beforehand, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a moment where they are explicitly telling you to do the things and we get that really charged with the kink feelings? And or do you have a moment where they are recognizing that this happened, right? Because, um, you you know, I, I could see it being really challenging if, you know, your partner isn't there while you're doing these tasks. And you're not really having this moment of resolution where they are taking a moment and you two are together and they are acknowledging that this got done and I am happy that it got done in XYZ way and it looks really good. And, you know, heaping on that gratitude in whatever way serves your dynamic, right? Because I think often as the servicey people, part of what we get out of it, we talked about that dopamine machine, right? And some of that comes from the gratitude of our partners. Mm -hmm. um, so if that is what this submissive partner gets out of this, you want to make sure that that is happening, even if it's not happening at the same time as them doing the service. If that's not what they get out of this, well, then we have more conversations to have and explore like, well, what do they enjoy about this? Um, and how can we infuse that into anywhere along the process of this task getting done, even if it can't happen exactly when you're present? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I talked about, like, the surveillance thing. Even if it's not having them necessarily, like, watch the whole time, maybe you have to take selfies during the process or video a, like, time lapse of the process if they don't right. have, you know, X amount of time to watch the whole thing or take a video of you doing this, but in the middle of cleaning the floors, I want, like, a 30-second clip of you cleaning floors sexily for me, <laughs> right? Um, you know, 30-second yeah. clip of you doing the laundry sexily for me, right? <laughs> um, anything to bring a, a moment of that connection, whether it happens at the beginning of the task, somewhere in the middle of it, or over, like, after it's already happened when we're having this, like, gratitude connective thing mm -hmm. um but i would infuse a little bit more connection into the task in the moments that you can yeah even if it happens asynchronously yeah you could also give really specific feedback in such a way that like the next time they do it they're going to be thinking about it so, you know if i mm -hmm. cleaned the whole kitchen and my partner comes in and goes oh wow like the counters are sparkling and the sink is so clean and everything is so organized like you know, I'm going to want to do those things more next time. And then also you mm -hmm. could like link specific rewards to completed tasks, like sexy, mm -hmm. fun, kinky rewards so that that association will be there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I like to be given a task that's also just like do this thing while thinking about this other thing. So like yeah. maybe you're going to do the dishes, but while you're doing them, I want you to think about like three things that you'd like me to do to you tonight or like whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Some task that involves sexy daydreaming because then I'm going to be there mentally and not focused on the dishes. Yeah. that I, I think getting some uh, additional task from your dominant, it like, whether it is something else that you should be thinking about or planning or wearing or whatever, um, that is a little bit of a re reward for you, whether that is a sexy thing, whether that is a painful thing, like maybe it makes the task a little bit harder or a little bit more masochistic, right? Whatever your flavor of uh, submission is, um, yeah, I think incorporating a little bit 
you know, if you're able to lay a layer of that on top of the task, it may feel like your dominance is present, even if they're not physically present, right? If you're thinking about this thing they told you to think about, or, you know, hell, listening to this sexy audiobook while you do it, or listening to this particular playlist that you've associated with really horny feelings, right? Like, I don't know, clean the floor while you listen to the playlist I beat you to, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, anything like that can help, maybe help them feel a little present in your mind, even if they're not actually there. Yep. It's hot. Yeah. So uh, this actually kind of segues pretty well into my last question. um, Because I want to come back around to talking about sexual service. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the same vein as like these um, house service-y tasks just kind of feeling like chores, um, sometimes I'm curious what makes the, what's the difference between like sexual service and just like, giving head and where would you kind of or you know just a hand job or whatever like how would you kind of thread that needle what's the difference yeah i think it's all intention and headspace as is so Mm -hmm. often the case with these things um like Mm -hmm. i've definitely had times in my life where i was giving a blowjob that the other person thought was just a blowjob and in my mind i was performing a service like that's Mm -hmm. just a thing that sometimes happens if you are kinky is you're just in a different world mentally than than what the other the other person thinks is going on um yeah absolutely but uh you know once i've gotten into like relationships with other kinksters then usually the service dynamic became more explicit Mm -hmm. um and usually it would like be incorporated into the dirty talk to some extent. I think that the phrase for me can give you a lot of mileage when it comes <laughs> to sexual service. You're taking it so well mm-hmm. for me, et cetera. Um, mm. Which just lands really different from like, you're sucking my dick so well. No further comment. Like it, it just, <laughs> that just lands as like um, a compliment and possibly even like kind of a submissive thing. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the for me really kind of changes the vibe. Um mm. And I also think that when the interaction is explicitly going to be one-sided, that I tend to think of it more as service, yeah. um, which is sometimes the case. And that's usually the kind of thing that I would like to, like, agree upon before we do it, um, mm-hmm. just so everybody knows where everybody's at. Like, there are definitely times when I just don't feel like coming, but I still want to blow somebody. But I just, you know, I want to make sure that they know that so that they're not, like, you know, planning for other stuff that might happen. Yeah, I think I definitely, for me, it feels most like service when it is explicitly about, like, prioritizing that person's pleasure Mm -hmm. over my own in this moment. Um, And that doesn't mean I don't get off, right? Um, That might, like we were talking about earlier, I might be getting off in service to them. Mm -hmm. might be getting off because they enjoy watching me get off, right? They enjoy feeling the way I feel when I do, et cetera. Um, But when we are contextualizing things as about someone else's pleasure and about doing the things that they enjoy and about prioritizing what would feel good for them uh, is definitely when I feel like I am providing sexual service. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Yeah, often. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't quite know where to go beyond. Now I'm just. <laughs> I have another. I, I have another point. 
Great, because I just started thinking about sucking cock, and none of it's none of it's <laughs> useful always anymore. Happens. It's always oh happens. Oh my yeah. god! Okay, great. Um, Save us. Yeah. Um, I also think for this reason that sexual service can be a great way for folks to unpack any anxieties or apprehensions they might hold about like taking too long, quote unquote, to come Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. like needing too much stimulation or like whatever kind of anxieties you might have about receiving and um, whether you like deserve to receive in the way that you want to. I think sexual service Mm -hmm. can be a good framework for that Um, because like if your partner has told you that they're subby and like into being you know into doing this type of service like you can pretty explicitly just be like so today we're gonna focus on my pleasure and like that's all that it's gonna be that's all you're gonna get Mm -hmm. and you're gonna like it and they'll be like yep yep (laughs) yes yes i will yeah (laughs) and then you can just kind of chill like i think that i even though i'm like a much more naturally submissive person in terms of my fantasies i think that i often have the easiest time orgasming from oral sex when i'm in a more dominant role um Mm. because i just really completely feel like literally the point of why we're here is for my pleasure so like i'm gonna just chill and relax and feel pleasure until i don't feel like feeling it anymore um and it makes a lot of sense yeah it's just so much easier for me to relax into it just weird psychological Mm. trick (laughs) i love this one weird trick will help you come in your partner's (laughs) mouth will make you come really hard (laughs) And it's that sex toy you just got. <laughs> and also dominance. In service? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Was there anything else? Yeah. yeah. Are we good? All right. Yeah, I think we're good. <clears throat> Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Dildorks. You very you did a very good job listening so well to this episode. So uh, proud of you. Yeah. I've been Kate Sloan. I have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net. I have a book out which contains a section on service with lots more suggestions and ideas. There's also just like various kinks in there that are connected to service. It's sort of just, it, it can be paired with a lot of different kinks. Um, mm. You can find the book at 101kinkythings.com or go to wherever you get books. Um I am on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice, and I write a weekly newsletter at katesloan.substack.com. The most recent was about non-sexual items that boost my libido. So check that out. Where's your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find all of my writing and information about my workshops at bextalksex.com. I teach weekly workshops on Zoom, so join me at 7.30 Eastern for those. You can get your tickets by searching Bex Caputo on Eventbrite. I also am very naked on the internet, so if you go to <laughs> at Billy Lore, you'll find all of the links over there and quite a few pictures of my dick and holes and assorted other nudity um so enjoy that um i suppose <laughs> at billy lore on twitter uh together we're the dildarks we're at twitter nope together we're the dildarks we're on twitter and instagram at the dildarks and at the dildarks.com we're also at patreon.com slash the dildarks which is where you can get access to our exclusive discord channel so that's that, did I just sound like a grandpa there? Is that what you call a Discord? We have a Discord. It's a server. 
server with channels. There, yeah, mm-hmm. there's channels in it. I know. I, it. I'm i uh-huh. still not used to that either. In my it's mind, fine. it's still a chat room. It's fine. We have a, <laughs> we have a, we have a Discord. <laughs> Give me $6 a month and come talk to me. Um, <laughs> I just what a Discord server is. <laughs> Patreon.com slash the Dildorks. And then for $12 a month, you can listen to even more chaos with our <laughs> monthly bonus episodes. They're so even fun. less structured than our weekly episodes yeah, which is hard amazing. to imagine but true <laughs> every so often i'm like should we have segments should we have some kind of structure on this show no <laughs> no uh, i don't think so no not our style uh thank you so much to our top tier patreon patrons who we thank every week on the show i want to say thank you to nat amelia matthew stabitha christie and our newest top tier supporter argo Thank you so much. Thank you also to Protodome, who did our theme song, I Want You in My Bedroom. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. I want you in the morning. Um, so an hour ago, I, uh, I realized that I was home alone and I was like, I should try the, I just got that thing, the water slide that's like, mm, attaches mm-hmm. to your bath faucet. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to try it. I have an hour. That should be fine. Um, <laughs> and I like came super intensely in like 15 minutes, but then it was like so intense that I was, and I was like in the bath, which is like relaxing anyway. So I was just like lying (laughs) there, like staring into space for like another 20 minutes, like just totally out of it. And then I like checked my phone. I was like, oh shit, I have to go podcast. I love that for you though. That's fantastic. That sounds like a great way to spend your morning. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting testing session. I made a lot of notes. It was very productive. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Many notes eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's me who starts it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great. We're doing great so far. Yeah, my brain's not doing too good, I guess. I'm just really a little brain foggy now. <laughs> That's I, all right. I used to be able to jerk off before these. I don't know. Maybe I've gotten too old now. Listen, I, I'm fuzzy. I was just cleaning my kitchen and now I'm like, right, no, I need to talk to humans. And that's not even nearly an exciting, as exciting of a reason. <laughs> but funny. I had, I was apparently daydreaming too much. And now I'm like, yep, no communicating with other creatures. I know how to do that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs>